It's the phenomenon that brought science and the occult together. Practitioners of both were side by side in their analysis. The reason? Authenticity. This is a ghost story, a story that can be corroborated by several witnesses who have attested as much in national publications. It takes place in the Lake District but will not be heading to the depths today. The opposite, in fact. We'll be heading up. Up to Blencathra, a hill nearing 3,000 feet in elevation. It is along a Blencathra fell where this story came to life. It is along this Blencathra fell where, on Midsummer's Eve in 1735, an army of ghosts walked. Yes, an army of ghosts. The 1735 sighting was laughed at. One man, William Lancaster, had apparently witnessed it and no one else in the area had seen out like it. He claimed that between the hours of 8 and 9 he had seen some men on horseback up the fell, but assuming them to be hunters, he let them be. A few minutes later when he looked up again, the supposed hunters had multiplied and taken formation. Two years later he saw it again, this time with a family member. He would get a closer look, seeing the true vastness of the army, with the line half a mile long and five men across, but this didn't help with his claims once again discredited. He was apparently pissed a lot of the time, so Lancaster would have to wait a decade for retribution. It was Midsummer's Eve once again, and this time the march was beheld by 26 individuals. 26 saw a line of troops, some on horseback, some aboard carriages, all armed, traversing the terrain of Southerfell. William Lancaster might have had his validation, but now the investigation had to go a step further. The sighting was witnessed from afar, but still, even if some believed it to be a real-life cavalry, there were questions. Southerfell was not an easy place to access by foot, so to manage horses and carriages up there was a near-impossible task. And yet there they were, traipsing back and forth across the fell. A troop of 26 onlookers would even climb the fell the following day, searching for boots and hoof prints in the soft grass, but nothing was found. Nothing that would confirm what everyone in the party had observed. And as every source says, these were 26 sober and respected witnesses. The emphasis on that alone might make me question some of their statements. And their statements weren't just passed on as law, each witness recounted their tale to a magistrate. And when this came out, others came forward with similar stories about seeing a phantom procession on South of Fell. Everyone swore under oath about what they had seen. Something law enforcement would have been eager to do as mysterious armies in the area are rarely a good thing. But the courts would have to be convinced that this wasn't an act of war 
And so the witnesses put forth their testimony, telling magistrates that while the characters looked solid, while they looked human rather than see-through and floaty, it was the sheer impossibility of traversing the fell back and forth with such precision that made them deem the event supernatural. Real army or not, coincidence or not, a month later, the Jacobite rebellion began with the attack on Glenfinnan in the Scottish Highlands. As you can imagine, talk of ghosts and spectres was forgotten about. Even the locals toned it down with talk of the visage being an omen for the then oncoming rebellion. And so the question of what was it was never answered, and we're left with theories. Some far-flung, others far-fetched. One explanation, quoted as scientific, was that the army was a reflection of the army of Bonnie Prince Charlie, who were exercising on the Scottish coast. A coast around 30 miles away. Some say they were the ghosts of troops who had fled the Battle of Culloden and hurled themselves from the summit, but since the Battle of Culloden was in 1746, we still needed an explanation for the three sightings prior to that. Smoke from bonfires was blamed, similarly cloud formations. Elves were suspected for a while, tricks of the light were held responsible, and even a meteor was thrown into the mix because people were apparently as reasonable and logical then as they are now. And so, we were left on the army being an omen for the rebellion. But perhaps an omen more telling than it seemed. In an interview with Gentleman's Magazine, a witness purported that the procession rather had the appearance of people riding in from market than an army. Maybe this was prophetic. No reflection of an army would portray anything other than pride and conviction. This was lazy, this was defeated. On the eve of rebellion, had the spectral army of South Fell warned of the Jacobites' fate? Marching home on the wrong side of battle? Defeated? Dead? We'll never know. Maybe it was just a reflection. Maybe it was a trick of the light caused by a meteor when it was reasonably cloudy out. Those not engrossed by rebellion did find other records of ghost armies, with Helvellyn also afflicted as well as a hill in Leicestershire and the Mendip Hills in Somerset. And these predate the South of Hell sightings by nearly three decades. But as this apparently caused a craze for spectral armies, even more accounts were found. And the earliest came from 1513. One Simon Bell was travelling between Ambleside and Kendal when he witnessed the march. At first he thought they could be Scottish troops, with England and Scotland engaged in war at the time, but there were no troops in the area. 
We can't know if Simon believed in the prophetic appearance of the army signalling death, but we know he supported it. Simon Bell died later that night. Thank you for listening to the second episode of the first season of the Folklore of Cumbria cast. I'd like to thank my sources, the book Lore of the Ghost by Brian Horton, Beachcombing for their accounts on strangehistory.net, blog sites Terra Subarctica, Sharky's Dream and Rambling Man, BritishFolklore.com and probably, as always, Esmeralda's Cumbrian History and Folklore. For the music, I use Shane Ivers at www.silvermansound.com and, as I said last time, I'll probably be using you a lot, so thank you. Details are in the description. Finally, thank you once again for listening, and if you've been left unsatisfied by the lack of answers as to what the army was, there might still be an answer for you. There is word of a legal case from 1885 in which a local man, James Clark, used evidence of witness testimonies from the sighting in 1745. Though those testimonies were considered lost at the beginning of the 19th century, their existence 85 years later is proof that at least some were not. If they were around then, they might still be around today.